Welcome to Link Educate, a professional development series featuring interviews with educators and students in the supply chain, where we discuss how supply chain and logistics has changed in terms of recruiting, upskilling, training, and more. My name is Brielle Jekyll, and I'm the Associate Editor of SDCE and Food Logistics. And today I'm talking ocean freight and entering the workforce with a friend of mine, actually, Andrea Mitchell, who went to SUNY Maritime before getting a job in container shipping on land. I ask her everything you've been wondering about maritime school and working in ocean freight. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. I am here with Andrea Mitchell, who is the Marine Superintendent and Vessel Planner, and she's actually a friend of mine. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for coming on today. Hi. Thank you for having me on. So I know that you went to SUNY Maritime, and I kind of want to get your experience of going to you know a niche kind of school that focuses on maritime and then entering the workforce. Um, so I first wanted to start out, why did you choose a maritime school specifically? So coming out of high school, I really didn't have a career path that I was super set on or super interested in. And my dad had a lot of friends that went to the Coast Guard Academy. And I mean, that kind of relates to SUNY Maritime and the industry that I'm in now. So he introduced me to the school and didn't push it, but you know, there was a lot of good things Mm -hmm. about it. And I... I just ended up choosing on a whim to go there and I I loved it. It's a super interesting area. I know. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's so much has been going on in ocean freight lately. (laughs) Um, But what was it like to be at like such a niche school? Like what were some of the things that you learned? Like how did you handle Um, schooling there? Well, when you first go in, you go through indoctrination, which is basically like a, a scaled down boot camp that they run and they make you wear uniforms and march in formation and wake up early and, you know, they bang on your doors. So that was kind of your introduction to the school. And then after that week process, you graduate and you become what they call a mug, which is a freshman. So that whole first freshman year, there's a lot of restrictions. Um, You have to square your corners when you walk around campus. Uh, The men have to have their heads shaved. So they really try and have a lot of rules at the school to make it structured so that, you know, kids can stay on the program with the school mm-hmm. because you take a lot of credits and it it is pretty hard. Um, so after that first year, it becomes more academic focused than, you know, rules focused. And I took a lot of different kinds of classes that got me to where I am today. Is it really focused on safety too? Because, you know, maritime is such a important thing for safety. Yeah, we take a lot of basic safety courses like um, STCW courses where you need to learn how to swim and firefighting and um, like first aid, things like that. Um, And then that's kind of reiterated through all of our classes through the next four years at the college. They implement it the first year really hard and then they just reiterate it for the next four years because obviously being on a ship is inherently dangerous. So they really try mm-hmm. to make it be a big focus. I feel like it's kind of like military adjacent. Yes. They, they definitely try to make it like that. Um, they just, they don't really have the power to actually impose, you know, sanctions on us, right. but um, you can be restricted to the campus if you, have an infraction. 
So they do do that. A lot of kids leave the school because of the strict rules. It's not any sort of normal college experience. Wow. Yeah. So when you graduated, what was it like entering the workforce? Um, well, I graduated a semester early. I graduated in three and a half years. So I was kind of different. So I, I left in January of 18 and I did want to sail. I applied to three unions, but didn't hear anything back. And I was sort of itching to just move out. I was living with my parents after I graduated. And so then I started applying landside and got a landside job immediately. So I just took that and moved down to Savannah, Georgia for my first job. Wow. So you really went for it. Three and a half years? Yeah, I was taking like minimum 22 credits a semester. But um, wow. and I took summer classes too, just to get mm-hmm. it over. <laughs> and I know it's so difficult coming out of college because there is a labor gap and there is there's a labor shortage, but yet you know, I think every company is looking for somebody with years of experience. So there's always like that difficulty in trying to balance, you know, getting experience and getting the job you want. Um, What, how do you feel that your classes gave you experience during your education? Like, what do you feel like you most use today? Definitely the safety factor and just maritime really drilled into my head, being aware of your surroundings. Um, So my first job was with Ports America as a as the marine superintendent, which I still am, um, and I work with mainly container ships, which honestly maritime didn't really cover at all. So going into the job, I was kind of blind to container side of the operation, but I was good on the front of being aware of my surroundings because working at a port is obviously very dangerous. So I think I was good on that front, but learning the container side was definitely an experience, trial and error. Yeah. When did you start? Um, so I March of 2018, I moved there and started March 5th. Wow. So yeah. since 2018, I feel like a lot's changed because we've had the pandemic and now we're, we're seeing ocean freight in the main news like all the time mm-hmm. with the Suez Canal and stuff like that. Do you feel like your job's changed at all since you began? Um, Well, I started in Savannah and worked there for a year and a half, and then I transferred to New Orleans, where I'm at now. So it's definitely different between those two ports. But as far as um, differences in the industry, um, New Orleans has a lot less business, so we're a lot less busy. Mm -hmm. And for example, right now, we're being heavily impacted because I'm not exactly sure, but one of the ports overseas is completely shut down for COVID. So we have had a huge lack in the amount of ships we've had. I think we've only had like three ships this week when we would normally have had like double that. So it's nice for me because wow. I, I only yeah. know there's a ship, but you know, as far as for the business of the port, it is down. Yeah. Do you feel like it's going to change once, you know, we really get back up into, I guess, restarting the economy? Yeah, I think my bosses said there's going to be an influx of ships coming in like within the next month. So that'll be interesting wow. to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, are you guys like prepping at all? Like, gird your loins. It's like, it's yeah, all they're kind of just like, you know, enjoy your time off now because the next month it's going to be busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you, when there was the Suez Canal blockage, did you do anything different then or was it even shorter, like a lesser volume then? 
No, I don't believe we were even really impacted by that at all. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just crazy to see it all over the news though. You know, having such a niche job just to be everywhere. Why'd you put that? Why'd you get that ship stuck there? And I was like, I don't have anything to do with that. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Everyone asking, asking me insight on it. I'm like, it's the visibility thing. I was like, he, he just couldn't say they were like, how could you get that stuck? I'm like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think is your favorite part of like containers and uh, the supply chain that you've learned since being on that container uh, vessel adjacent? Um, I like stowing a lot. It's like a puzzle. Um, So to stow, basically what happens is there's a central planner for each shipping line and they send us uh, a plan that shows what containers are to be discharged and loaded back. And then I have to create a plan for our cranes to work the bays that these containers are coming off of and going back on. And I have to, you know, make a split between two cranes so that they can work next to each other. And then they, that also fulfill the guarantees that the labor that comes out and works the ships that their unions have guarantees for them, you know, so we have to utilize our time with the labor and that all goes into how I stow a ship. Wow. That's complicated. I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it can be. Um, but it's pretty flexible in new Orleans. Um, the, the, the labor is very good and mm-hmm. they're very, they work with us a lot. How did you handle that when there was like severe COVID restrictions with, you know, having to social distance and stuff like that? Um, Our company came down with pretty heavy restrictions. They actually hauled in a whole new trailer for us so that the superintendents could be more spread out. And we had to wear masks when we were around anyone. They're still all wearing masks on the port. I think since the vaccines come out, some of the people out there have become a little bit more lenient, but, um, most people are still, you know, masks everywhere. Every time I go on the ship, I have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. The mates on the ships have to oh, wear wow. a mask. And they've told the mates that they're, like, not allowed to go near our labor unless they need to. Um, I've had ships pull in where the mates are wearing full hazmat suits. So. Wow. Pretty wild. <laughs> I can't imagine doing my job in a full hazmat suit. I know. I wasn't allowed to go into the ship for a while to speak with the chief mate, um, which would, which made it hard because if there's issues with my stow plan, uh-huh. then it's hard to find a solution over email because sometimes their email is delayed. Um, but we're allowed to go into the ship now. Wow. Yeah. we've. It was really interesting to see everyone shift to working from home and remotely during the pandemic. And I think it's exciting because millennials are looking for a more flexible work environment. And I think it forced a lot of companies to really realize that this can happen. You know, we don't need um, what they say, butts in seats every day, mm-hmm. but, um, but when there's stuff like that, that comes up, it's definitely can cause a problem. So there's definitely a need for like the balance. Definitely. Yeah. We didn't, we, I don't think we even got a, any sort of slowdown with um, COVID here in the States. It's just been this one backup from uh, one of the big ports overseas that's caused a slowdown, but we've been, we've been going full speed wow. since the beginning of the pandemic. We were never shut down. So obviously our industry is essential yeah. to all the rest of the country. So we can't really just close. 
yeah, despite the changing, you know, even if it's going direct to consumer, people still need that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw logistics companies need to or- need to hire hundreds and thousands of people overnight because of the dam- demand grew just immediately yeah. with people mm-hmm. panic buying and whatnot. And toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I have time for today. Thank you okay. so much for coming on and talking with me. All right. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or hit the thumbs up button and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>